This is Change for Your Dollar podcast with John Putnam. We have another great episode today of Change for Your Dollar, where we have conversations and talk about the blessings and burdens around money and faith and life. I'm your host, John Putnam. As we get into the topic of mastering your money moments, I wanted to start out with a money moment that we all know all too well, but so many of us do not tap into its power, and we can also make it way too complicated. I'm talking about the money moment called planning. It's a very popular topic, and you will find thousands of opinions, processes, and quotes about what it is and how you do it well. Let me share a couple of popular quotes about planning. Dwight Eisenhower famously shared that in preparing for battle, plans are useless, but planning is indispensable. The great boxer Mike Tyson shared that every boxer that steps into the ring has a plan until they get punched in the face. And what about this statement? That no plan survives the first sight of the enemy. Now that quote has been attributed to many people, but one thing for sure, I'm not one of them. And so many scriptures reference planning. Luke 14, 27 to 30 says, Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. One of my favorite scriptures is Proverbs 16, 9, that the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. And then finally, in James 4, 13 to 15, it shares, Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. When the topic of planning comes up, it gets different responses from most people. You know, some people are really attracted to it. Other people are put off by it. You know, it takes time to do it well. It takes thoughtfulness to do it well. You know, planning is a clear process that we can all do well and benefit from its structure in not only the financial area of our lives, but every area of our lives. And here's the best part. When your planning is aligned with God and His plans, it is a sincere form of worship. I love that thinking that planning is worship. Now, when it comes to money, one of the most common types of planning is financial planning. It's a topic that gets thrown around a lot and I think has different meanings for different people. But according to the Certified Financial Planners Board of Standards, financial planning is the output of a collaborative process that helps maximize your potential for meeting your life goals. This is done through financial advice that integrates relevant elements of your personal and financial circumstances. See, that's why I wanted to talk about planning as the first money moment, because it is that rare money moment that has impact on all of the money moments. 
And as you begin planning with budgets or investing, insurance, creating your estate plans, creating a living will, creating a college education funding plan, long-term care plans, elder considerations. Guys, the list goes on and on. You can see how complex this could get. And I think sometimes it's daunting for most of us, for many of us, but it doesn't need to be that way. Because I find that planning in its simplest form has only four primary parts. And I want to share these with you. Part one is the vision of where you want to go. Just like any time you would go on a trip, would you ever go on a trip with being very clear of where you want to go? Of course not. Well, in planning, it's the exact same thing. You need the vision of where you want to go. My friend Michael Hyatt shared with me once, he said, John, you will never drift to a destination of your own choosing. Isn't that so true? If it's just left to chance, if it's just left to however we feel at the time and let life happen to us, we will never drift. We will never get to where we want to be, and especially we won't get to be where God wants us to be, especially when it comes to our money. The secret here when you're thinking about part one, which is the vision of where you want to go, The secret here is this. You need to confirm that your vision, or you may call it your goal, is aligned with God's goals. See, that is where so many of us, I believe, this planning model breaks down, that we think about our own plans versus God's plans. And if you want to dig into that a little bit more, check out my episode two of Change for Your Dollar, where I talked about how do you go about picking your plan? Okay, part two is the reality of where you are now. Think about this. You're planning that trip, right? You've decided where you want to go, but where are you starting from? Where are you currently? What are your resources? What are the assets you have? The clearer you can be about your current reality of where you are now, the better it is going to set up when you compare it to part one of the vision of where you want to go. So part one and part two really sets the bookends of planning. Part one being the vision of where you want to go. Part two being the reality of where you are now. Now, here's the secret when it comes to part two. You've got to make sure that you define your reality of where you are now in specifics and be brutally honest and true to yourself. That's the only way that you're going to get a clear starting point that's going to allow you to move forward to your vision. Part three is the gap between where you are now and where you want to go. See, that's what's missing that needs to be filled in to get to your goal. Think back about the trip. Now we know where we're going. You have the vision of where you want to go. You have the reality defined of where you are now. And when you look at the gap between the two, that's what's missing. That's what needs to be filled in to get you to your goal is what needs to be solved. Now, it can appear daunting. Sometimes the gap is significant, but just like any gap or any journey, I love the quote that says, the journey of a thousand miles starts with your first step. Or 
A lot of people look at the gap as so big and they get hung up in the past, regretting, wishing they had done more in the past. But I love the old adage that says, the best time to plant an oak tree was 50 years ago. The next best day is today. So when you identify the gap, don't let that throw you a curveball. Just know that whatever it is, take it a step at a time. The secret here is that it needs to be clearly and fully defined so you know what to solve and start with the first step. Okay, part number four, the steps to connect you. Because these are the steps to connect you from where you are now to where you want to go. Think back at this picture of our trip. You have the vision of where you want to go. You have the reality of where you are now. You have clearly defined the gap between the two. Now it's time to connect them from where you are now to where you want to go. What are the roads you will take? Where will you stop? Where will you get fuel? Where will you spend the night? This is where you begin getting your plan down on paper when you get into part four. And you also want to ask two other important questions in part four, because as you begin your journey, as you begin filling this gap between the reality of where you are now and the vision of where you want to go, you want to ask yourself this question, what can help you? See, what strengths do you have that you're bringing to the table? What resources do you have? What relationships might you have? Obedience that you're currently following, disciplines that you have ingrained. Yes, these are all of the positive attributes that are going to help you get to where you're going. But in the same spirit of what can help you, you also need to ask yourself the question, what can stop you? What weaknesses do you bring to the table? Are there bad habits? Are there a lack of resources? Could there be a lack of discipline? And oh, by the way, don't forget an enemy who wants it all. Because the secret to part four is pretty simple. There's no shortcuts here. Take your time to anticipate the journey, anticipate the challenges, anticipate the opportunities, and to the best of your ability, anticipate unexpected outcomes or unexpected obstacles that you might normally face. The money moment of planning is applicable in every other money moment. That's why I wanted to talk about it first. Again, whether you're creating a budget or planning for college funding or designing your estate plan or configuring medical insurance or even working on your taxes, wise planning guided by scripture is paramount. And I want to take a moment and look at some stories from the Bible that illustrate planning in some different ways. First, a plan that is in alignment with God's plans. I believe you will recognize this story from Genesis 6 about Noah. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you are to make it. The length of the ark, 300 cubits, its breadth, 50 cubits, and its height, 30 cubits. Make a roof for the ark and finish it to a cubit above and set the door of the ark in its side. Make it with lower, second, and third decks. For behold, I will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which is the breath of life under heaven. 
everything that is on the earth shall die, but I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. And of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female, of the birds according to their kinds, and of the animals according to their kinds, of every creeping thing of the ground according to its kind, two of every sort shall come into you to keep them alive. Also take with you every sort of food that is eaten and store it up. It shall serve as food for you and for them. Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. Well, you see each of these parts of planning related to this. Part one is a clear vision of where you want to go. God made it clear he wanted Noah to build an ark to save the human race and the animals. Part two, he made it very clear of the current reality that he was sending a flood that will wipe out everything. And then part three, the gap of the space between where you are and where you want to go. Well, Noah needed a big boat. And then part four, the steps to take to get where you want to go. God gave him the design and all of the instructions. So in this story that we all know so well, it's easy to see how planning comes to life. Second, I want to share with you a scripture around a plan that was not aligned with God's plans. And you will recognize this story of the rich fool from Luke 12. And he told them a parable saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully, and he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So in the same way that planning was illuminated in our first scripture, let me talk about how it's illuminated here as well. So part one, the vision for the future. Well, the farmer wanted to relax, eat, drink, and be merry. He understood the reality of where he was now. He had had a good year and an abundance of crops. Part two, there was a gap between where he was and where he needed to be because he needed resources stored so he did not have to work. But part three, this is where it got into the steps he needed to take to reach his vision. He needed to build bigger barns. I hope this episode on the money moment of planning has been beneficial for you. Planning is a clear process that you can do well and benefit from its structure. And again, not only the financial areas of your lives, but every area of your life. And in its simplest form, planning has four primary parts. Your vision of where you want to go, your reality of where you are now, your gap between those two, and then your steps to take to fill that gap. All we have, all we are, and all we do is to be aimed at God and His glory. Your journey and therefore your plans are unique to you, but they should still be aligned to honor God. 
And oh, by the way, here's a spoiler alert. A plan is only a plan. Rarely, if ever, does a plan go as planned. But don't let that deter you from planning, especially when it comes to your money. The planning process always prepares you more fully to be smarter and wiser, not only when the plan works, but when you need to make changes and revisions to any plan. As we continue this series on mastering your money moments, one of the closely related topics to the money moment of planning is the money moment of counsel. And that is what we will be talking about next week. You've been listening to Change for Your Dollar podcast with John Putnam. Thank you for joining me for Change for Your Dollar, where we have real conversations exploring the burdens and blessings around money, faith, and life. For more tools and resources, please visit changeforyourdollar.com. I'm John Putnam. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to being with you again next time.